Welcome to Honestly Haunted. to Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. Under the sea, <laughs> under the sea, darling, it's better down where it's wetter, under the sea. Okay, well, we're not actually talking about the Disney movie. We're getting uh, in trouble for copyright for that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Disney I... is coming for our very, very lucrative podcast. <laughs> Disney, I just made my dad get your Plus subscription, so please don't come at me. (laughs) Anyway, we're not talking about The Little Mermaid, but we are talking about mermaids. Yes. Or maybe we are. Maybe we're not. Time will tell. Time will tell. We are talking about a strange encounter with the, we're going to try our best here, Orangikan, a group of creatures who some classify as real-life merpeople. So let's begin with some really brief overview of the legend of mermaids so it can help us be grounded in what makes the orangutan the same or different. Many of you are probably familiar with some kind of mermaid lore, whether that be from Ariel or you grew up around a community or people who did anything involving the sea. Typically, the most basic legend of a mermaid says that these are beings that are half half human and half fish. Usually their top half is a beautiful woman, while the lower half is a tail, much like a fish's tail, though larger usually. People have said that some mermaid lore comes from actually misidentifying sea creatures, such as manatees. <laughs> see, they used to call them sea mermaids, right? Yeah, like, they did. I mean, and I've seen some really funny, like, pop culture references to that, about, like, manatees wearing wigs and, <laughs> and skirts and things like that. Clamshell bras. Yeah, just... so that's, like, a pretty, a pretty typical misunderstanding people being like oh well sailors saw manatees and they were tired and overworked and missed people and women (laughs) missed women yeah the manatee's looking real good (laughs) and the manatee is like do not look at me sir (laughs) go do not look at me (laughs) so mermaids are sometimes likened to sirens which are creatures that lure fishermen to their deaths through song and beauty many cultures that place a strong importance on the sea for their trade food or survival have some version of a mermaid tale and sightings of mermaids A lot of the current myth of mermaids comes mostly from two sources. The Greeks, which makes sense. Makes sense. And Hans Christian Andersen. Bless him. Love him. (laughs) (laughs) So the Greeks had gods like Poseidon. And the myth of godlike creatures and nymphs of the sea, that evolved from that mythology. So Greek mythology, which... I could spend some time talking about. I'm more of so I'm more much. of an Egyptian mythology person, but like that definitely made me go into the realm of Greek mythology. Yeah. And the other side of that, the Hans Christian Andersen one, is that in 1836 he took that, he took from the Greek mythology and then wrote the work The Little Mermaid, which then of course went on to become a lot of things, but most notably a Disney movie and probably the most famous mermaid tale of all nowadays. Yeah. 
Other interpretations of merpeople have been scarier, as it can be imagined that possessing features of human and fish alike can actually come out quite terrifying. The merpeople in Harry Potter are closer to this, having dangerous claws and teeth. Second week in a row, we're talking about Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, we, we can't be stopped. We can't. We, we, just, we just have a problem, and it's fine. We're it dealing is... with it. Yeah, totally so, agree. And, and to be fair, like, Harry Potter's life. Once again, so, we're on the same wow. page. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, uh, so in this more terrifying realm of, of mermaid myth, <laughs> that's where we're going to find ourselves for today's story. In 1943, during World War II, Japanese soldiers were stationed on a small island chain in Indonesia. This, these are called the K or sometimes Kai Islands. I've seen them spelt both ways in my research, so... I'm not exactly sure uh, which one is right or if both are right, and I apologize if I mispronounced that. So sometimes K-E-I or K-I-A-I. Yes. So for the avid geographers we have in our listeners. So these soldiers all began to report seeing very odd, weird, and even at times terrifying things. Most descriptions said that they would see human-like creatures in their surveillance, but their mouths were shaped like a carp and filled with pointed, sharp, needle-like teeth. These creatures were on the shorter side usually being described as not quite five feet tall. Their skin was more pink, closer to a salmon than a typical person who would otherwise be described as having white skin. So, for example, I've been called pink before. But I am you're a not, white person. But you're not quite and salmon. The, but I am not quite salmon. Unless you're yeah. out in the sun for a bit. No, even then, I'm more like, <laughs> I'm more like a rare steak at that point. Uh, but, but yeah, so these definitely had a, a more salmon-like color. And their backs had spines that were prominent, and in some cases even protruded spines. Perhaps more frightening were their legs and arms that were more frog-like than human, and ended with great talons. These creatures were seen most often in lagoons walking, but at times were seen doing things like leisurely swimming the breaststroke. One soldier saw a creature go underwater and stay immersed for far longer than a human would be able to sustain before rising to the surface again. Then, a later time, saw a creature go under and never break the surface again. It seemed that these creatures could live both in water and on land. One instance that was a closer encounter came from a group of soldiers who were patrolling and came upon a bush that began to shake and move. Upon further inspection, one of these creatures jumped out of the bush, seemingly to be startled by the soldiers, and attempted to either speak or yell. Why we don't know if it was speaking or yelling is because it came out as a gurgle. A loud burp-like gurgle that didn't seem to be a friendly hello. Whatever the creature said seemed to call another to its aid, as the nearby water looked as though something was zooming at top speed just underneath the surface. The soldiers began to fire, the original creature jumped into the water, and both creatures seemed to get away in the frenzy. When the soldiers asked nearby villagers, the indigenous people of the islands, about these creatures, they were shocked to learn that these villagers knew exactly who and what they were talking about. The villagers told the soldiers that they were seeing the orangutan. They said these creatures mostly kept to themselves, but they were very territorial and would attack for their safety. The villagers spoke about these people as if they were nothing shocking or new at all, and often would shrug at the soldiers' incredulous responses. In the Malay language, orang means human and ikan means fish. So the literal thing that these villagers were saying was that Fishmen existed and lived in nearby in relative peace. 
They told the soldiers that occasionally dead orangutan would wash up on their shores and be or be tangled in fishing nets, and that if they wanted to see them up close, they would let them know the next time that happened. This doesn't mean that villagers weren't afraid of the creatures, but rather they had just accepted this as a part of their lives living where they did, and they knew that the best way to live peacefully was to let the creatures live as they were, alone and secluded from the village. A chief of the village kept their promise to show the creatures to the soldiers up close, and called a sergeant named Taro Hariba to the village one evening. He told Hariba that a creature had washed ashore and that the body was in a hut if he'd like to view it. Hariba noticed that the villager seemed scared of the hut as he approached. Hariba described what he saw as absolutely terrifying. It was a creature, about five feet tall, with hair that was reddish-brown and shoulder-length. Its spine was pronounced, as his soldiers had described, and its mouth was indeed full of spiky, needle-like teeth. Its hands and feet were webbed with talon-like claws, and its face looked like a mix between a human and an ape. Further, the body seemed to almost glow green in some areas due to the algae that had clung to its skin. The worst part, Hariba reported, was the smell. The smell of the dead creature before him was a mixture of spoiled meat and rotting fish. It was unlike anything he had ever seen, smelled, or experienced before. Upon returning home to Japan, Hariba told his story and urged the government and even zoologists to go to this island and investigate. He was only met with disbelief and skepticism, though. While there was never further investigation into the Orangutan, as far as we know and can tell, obviously there may be things we don't know about, there have been numerous mermaid sightings all over the world, and all through time. Honestly, through our research, like, we found a bunch of other stories we might want to make into other episodes, cool episodes. later. Like, there have been so many. Uh, some are closer to the tale of beautiful women with fishtails, like the Little Mermaid. Others are closer to the Orangutan. But the story that might be the most interesting to consider, alongside the Orangutan, is not a mermaid one at all. Rather, it's about a scientific discovery in Indonesia that might back up the idea that this location is home to previously unknown species. In 2003, on the island of Flores, Indonesia, remains were found of at least nine people. A study of these remains concluded in 2017 found that these remains were of a species of humans called Homo floresiensis. Yeah. I don't know what the I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Also, by the name, you can probably tell it was named because of where they were found. found as most so, of these, yeah. uh, so this species has now also been nicknamed Flora's Man and Real Hobbits. Now, so we're going to go with the nicknames. Yeah. And if you're a Tolkien fan, you can probably already guess what is unique about these individuals. <laughs> they were people who only got as tall as about three and a half feet at their tallest. Remember that the Orangutan were also relatively short. Archaeologists were able to discover an almost full skeleton of a 30-year-old woman, nicknamed Flo, again after Flores. Uh, so hers and other remains were not actually fossilized at all. And instead, they had a consistency that was said to be close to wet blotting paper. And the bones all had to be laid out to dry. This is particularly interesting when noting that it's believed that this species died out about 50,000 years ago, and their bones were still wet. Which really creeps me so out. So creepy. For some reason. Yeah. I just, that, that's just icky. Yeah. So for a time after discovery, some people believed that they were actually homo sapiens, like us, if you haven't heard that before, 
but with birth defects or some sort of neurological disorder. But that has since been refuted. A notable thing about these species is that their brains were significantly smaller in size than ours. However, this doesn't seem to show any indication that they had lesser mental faculties as their prefrontal cortex was about the same size as Homo sapiens, and their tools and living situations seemed to show advanced behavior. Their feet were also much flatter and longer than that of Homo sapiens, another feature that brought them actually closer to the orangutan than humans. Now, we're not saying that the Flores men are orangutan, but we did find it interesting that relatively recently, like within the past 30 years, an entirely unknown species was found in Indonesia. So, who is to say that there can't yet still be unknown species in the islands there? Could the orangutan be an example of that? Or are they just a darker part of the myth of the mermaid? Such interesting thing. I mean, and, and so, like, right out of the gate, I immediately think of cryptids, because they, they do fall sure. into that category. Yeah. And especially in North America, like, there are so many cryptids that are kind of similar to each other. Like Sasquatch. Like Sasquatch. And then there's, like, Bat Squatch. Like, there's yeah. all these, like, weird variations. Like, things in the woods. Things, yes. So and this is, like, the water version of that. The water version. Yeah. And it's like, I think we, we think of, I think a lot of us like to think of the earth has, has gotten smaller. Like we've discovered the far reaches of land. Like there's really very few places on planet earth that a man has not stepped foot. The ocean is a completely I was different gonna say, story. I, I, I mean, I think I've said it before in other episodes. I am terrified of two things. Well, many things. <laughs> Just two? Wow. No, let's be real. I'm terrified of a lot. But like the two big things that I think I've mentioned on this show before are space, which is not relevant to this conversation. But the other one is the ocean. <laughs> because there are depths to the ocean that we have not gone to, figured out how to get to, couldn't, can't breathe in, can't even use our technology in. Yeah. Like... There are things we don't know about the ocean. And so... And sort of those things, like, maybe we shouldn't know. Yeah. Like, and, and I think of stories like this, the kind of the creatures of the deep. Like, yes. It's exactly that. It's like, maybe we aren't supposed to know everything that exists out there. And this is where I still, like, have to roll. Like, my internal voice is rolling its eyes at me. Because it's like, do you hear what you're saying? But you don't believe in aliens. Like, you have a hard time with aliens. But you're going to, like, just be like, sea creatures exist. That's and we just don't true. need to think about it. They can just exist. And we don't have to research it. But it's like, aliens aren't real. <laughs> I hear you. I, know, I do. I know. I feel like the difference is, eh, you know, I, I think the difference comes from the fact that we've already seen realities of the depths of the ocean that we don't want to know about like we have we have discovered recently creepy weird i don't know if they're called fish but like the bottom bottom dwellers exactly. at the lowest parts of the oceans where cameras can reach we've yes. seen the type of creatures that are down exactly there. and so we have more of a taste of it we we have more of an introduction of like these do exist, yeah. and there's more. So it's like, even scientists, even people who are not like us, who like and are interested Live in for and this look for paranormal, yeah. are like, oh yeah, hey, you think this is weird? There's weirder. Yeah, it gets, there, it it gets so much it, worse. It gets a lot worse. <laughs> it's like, we think, like, I mean, anglerfish, terrifying. The idea that there's like a hundred foot long jellyfish just yeah that, just, that's just bizarre it looks like it has a human face like let's be real I, like i can't 
Or, like, I also think of, like, uh, what is it, the Greenland sharks that can live for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's like the oh, things that they've seen. Like, things those are... that live in the ocean have so much longer lifespans than us. And let's think about the ones that live both in the water and outside of the water. Turtles? Turtles, yes. I mean, I love turtles. I, I, I like I turtles. Like them quite a bit. <laughs> um, but they can live to very, very old ages. And they live both in water and on land, which mm-hmm. supposedly these creatures do as well. Yeah. So I think for me, like with when stories of cryptids come up, we're gonna we're gonna remove me from the alien conversation. We're just talking about planet Earth in our atmosphere, and that is all that is contained in it. That's like fair. for me, it's like how could we be so naive to believe that we've discovered it all? And so that's why I think when stories of things like cryptids come up I'm always like "Ooh, please tell me everything like yeah. tell me all like- you know it's it's one of those things that I think sometimes makes me question our whole dynamic of this show I know <laughs> like which I think we've said before when when we're when we're giving a verdict on things I think it's more in good fun than yes. anything else like everybody listening to this already knows that we are believers in the paranormal and weird yeah. things and we are very interested in it um I, and you know I've said this phrase in other things before I don't know if I'm a total believer in the paranormal, but I am an avid enthusiast. Avid, yes. Avid enthusiast. Because, yeah, we, we kind of, in our very first episodes, we kind of introduced ourselves as, like, you, you tend to, like, look for the science more yeah. than things a little bit. Like, I always want to know the why. I always want to know more. I always yeah. want to, like, look into the history or the past or the reasons or... All possible perceptions of the events I'm basically like, i'm like yeah. that meme from it's always sunny with the red Clipboard. lines on the, <laughs> yeah. on the board connecting everything yeah so that's that's aaron and me it's basically like i'm gonna sit down at your feet and you're gonna tell me everything <laughs> <laughs> and i'm probably gonna believe you because and i don't know where that i, I mean there is an entertainment value to oh, sure. to this stuff and i think that's probably what got us interested in the first place is like we're drawn to it but then there's just it's just kind of a need to absorb knowledge that's like lesser yeah. spread. Like that's why I think we like finding places that are le- less popular. Cause it's like, I, while we will never claim to be the first ones to talk about it. Like, I mean, obviously no. we, we read journals and articles and Wikipedia pages and others. Like I we read the, lots of stuff. The but... only things we can claim to have not looked up or researched are if we've told our own stories. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And then of course our, own, when we go to go visit places, like our own perception of that sure. experience and visiting it and sharing from that yeah. very real experience of our, our personal, you know, our personal adventures. But yeah, so it's just, this is a, a, another example of, of a cryptid for us that it's just yeah. like, where do we go from here? And and it's, it's fascinating because with this, there are, it's, it's like serving two functions. It's both, there are not a lot of stories, but this story about 1943 and those soldiers is very involved with multiple soldiers having reported it, having seen things from surveillance because they, they were doing mostly surveillance and watching <coughs> things and they would see things from across the way on beaches and things like mm-hmm. that. We also have the, the person who went to the village and supposedly saw the, the actual body. And so while... When you look up the Orangutan, pretty much everything then either brings you to the 1943 story or mermaids in general. Right. And we touched upon both of these. So it's it's bizarre because it's you would think 
that if these people or creatures did live there, there would be other stories of sightings or things like that. But there's really just the one. Right. But I don't know that area well. And I tried to figure it out if it like is it still mostly indigenous people if mm-hmm. so is it is it kind of blocked off from tourism i haven't quite been able to tell, to tell. i i don't think it is entirely it's not it's yeah. definitely not entirely cut off sure um that's the thing though like yeah. it feels like not much of the world is cut off anymore that's so true and, too. and it so it's like but we hear stories of, of mermaid sightings or yeah. creatures of the deep emerging all over the globe so it's like who's to say that it's like, this is a specific documented experience of a group of people, a group of soldiers, who you would assume have a level of credibility. Right. And, you know, would be taken seriously, although they weren't when they brought it right. back the, home to talk about it. The sergeant was not taken seriously, but part of me wonders if they were like, bro, we're in World War II. We got some bigger problems. Yeah, like, we've got China and Russia to worry about. We're not going to go send about. more people to Indonesia for no reason. If, like, if you came back and you did your job there, then that's all we need to know. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> some other things were happening uh, for Japan in World War II that yeah, had their uh, attention yeah. elsewhere. So, so, I mean, that's, that's, also, that's also the thing to consider, though, too, right? Is that, like, the most involved story we have comes right before a very tumultuous time and so uh, you know maybe it would have been looked into more if it hadn't been for world war ii but and i think for you know for the parameters of this show we have a hard time because it's like obviously we're honestly haunted and the idea of calling something haunted we've established that like it's tricky. Pe- like people could be haunted, history could be haunted, things could be haunted, a place There's so many could be haunted. De- definitions of it. And but we also this time we're kind of like dipping into the world of what we would call like paranormal or paranatural. But yeah. honestly, things like this are they really like it's of the natural world? Like unless they right. were man-made in a lab. Like I think our definition of haunted when we talk about cryptids always has to kind of extend beyond the typical mm-hmm. and and into. Like, more about, does it exist, even though it's a mystery? Exactly. In a a way. Like, I think that's why we included the talk about the Hobbit people, because that is scientific fact. And to me, that was interesting, because this area has very recently, within the past less than 30 years, within the past 20 years, has literally found a brand new species that existed that they didn't know about. And we're not even talking about the ocean anymore, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about actual land where they yeah. found these humanoid, really. I mean, humanoid typically is something used for cryptids, but also it, it, they were not homo sapiens, right. but they were humanoids. Um, and I, I think that's also fascinating that like, in this particular area, part of the world, we're still finding actual communities that existed Mm -hmm. and so i i just think that's interesting to consider when we are talking about not just one sasquatch who lives alone in the woods and is sometimes sighted but a genuine community of creatures that the indigenous people were like yeah they live here we know about them we let them be because we don't quite understand them we're a little scared of them but as long as we let them be we're good like they're territorial they communicate with each other yes. they obviously like work in function in groups they don't seem interested in knowing us so we're gonna yeah so i mean that's crazy it's what? also interesting have you heard of the the community 
that like literally still to today it's illegal to go to or like to interact with. I mean, I've heard of some stuff in the Amazon, but it's not necessarily like you're not allowed. It's more like you will probably die if you cr- if you try to go. But so in speaking about that, like it's not it's not right next to Indonesia, but it is close to Malaysia and Thailand and Southeast Asia. There's a place called North Sentinel Island, and North Sentinel Island it's it's this island that's in um, it's in the Bay of Bengal. Oh, and yeah. it has indigenous people and like it does not have any interactions with the current world and it's actually protected by law so it's called like voluntary isolation oh in a way but it basically it's it is protected by law and has been since the mid 20th century and it prohibits travel to the island any kind of approach even through ship of uh that's closer than five miles and it's like it's it's actually protected by the indian navy um and part of the reason for this as as far as i know part of the reason is because they don't want to have interaction with the world but the other part of it is like this is one of the few and rare places that has not actually been touched colonized introduced so first of all going there one of us could probably kill them because of disease and because of things that they just have not been exposed to. So they would probably be easily wiped out with a disease. So it's protecting them from, Mm -hmm. from that. But also, uh, they, they've been known to kill people who, who come there and they've never been like, nobody has ever prosecuted for killing people there because it's like it's illegal well it's like international waters basically (laughs) yeah and so it's like i i remember hearing some story about somebody who approached and like literally he was killed by like arrows and and things so so it's not like they've never had any interaction but they are a rare example of a place that i would be fascinated to know what they've experienced and what they know and their myth and things like that but it's similar in that way of like a culture could know about something that we don't know about yeah and it's rare you're right it's rare in this time that there is something that is untouched and unknown but but it does still exist and i think that's worth like recognizing it does still technically exist in the world i think the important thing is to be like to acknowledge yeah it's rare but it's not impossible yes and so i think that probably brings us to our verdict today honestly Honestly, haunted haunted. yeah Yeah. it has i mean sure it's maybe not common and it it shouldn't be like stuff like this like if it was it wouldn't be paranormal it would just be we would know about it we would know about it yeah exactly and so with the fact that we don't and that there's stories like this that have seemed to happen through time Exactly. And I think I think in my in my verdict of that I'm saying the myth of mermaids came from somewhere. And I'm not necessarily saying it is only and exactly from this, but I'm saying like maybe there was some kind of life creature, life form, and maybe this is a version of that. Maybe yeah. this is a an ethnicity of that. Yeah, and <laughs> or, I mean, for all we know, it might not exist anymore. It might have sure. gone extinct because or again, died out. Our our biggest story is from forty three. Yeah. So and and we have we literally just talked about how one of the reasons people don't go to North Sentinel is because they could easily wipe people out with yeah. disease. That could have happened since 43. Yep. Easily. Yeah. So, interest, very interesting topic. We haven't done a cryptid in a while, so I'm yeah. glad we got to kind of jump back into that. So, and I think we'll probably have a few more cryptids coming your way just because they pop up everywhere. And, they're and I think they're fascinating. Yeah. They're super fascinating. There's always myth around them. There's always, like, uh, the interesting thing about the the area that they reside in yeah so let us know what you think about about not just the orangutan but like mermaids especially if you know of other 
mermaid-esque, merpeople, cryptid type things you want us to look into. I know I already have a couple on my list that I'm interested in looking at, but let us know if there's other ones you want us to explore. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Thank you, as always, for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Little monster.